Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Thanks so much for checking out our decade recap. We're going to recap some of our favorite moments of music in the last decade. And we're also going to recap our top 10 albums of the decade. So make sure to check out this whole episode for all of that. I'm super excited to get into it. Nate, are you ready to get into this? Yes, I am, partner. All right, before we get started with our top 10 list, we're going to talk about some of our favorites from the decade. And before we also get into those favorites, Nate, I just wanted to ask you a question. From your perspective, what has changed in music in the last decade? Yeah, so you could write a thesis paper on that, but I think I'm just going to stick with the section of music that I usually listen to and like the bands and artists that are in my field, I guess you could say. I definitely say... The 80s have, like, slowly, like, worked its way back in over the decade and become extremely prominent, like, since our huge drum machines. There's definitely just this love for that era that has been so beloved. And I think Stranger Things kind of it actually plays a part in that as well as some other stuff. But yeah, I would say that nostalgic, try, trying to recapture the nostalgia of the 80s is one of the bigger things in my type of the music I've been listening to. What about you, Andrew? Yeah, those are some really good points. I've noticed some of those same elements in as well. One of the big things that stands out to me from the last decade is how music is consumed, that it's consumed more through streaming where 10 years ago it would have been going out and buying a cd whereas right now you can get it on your phone on your tablet computer whatever you're using right away and what that means is that artists have been releasing music more often than they used to that's a good and a bad thing it's bad in the sense that less bands are doing full albums with flushed out ideas, maybe less concept albums, and less songs that really flow in and out of each other. But the good parts of that is that we're getting more music from the bands that we like more often. And so there's kind of a give and take there as far as what that's done. But I would say for the most part, it's good. There's just been a couple of those small things that are less good because bands are just releasing singles and EPs and not CDs. I would like to piggyback off of something you said. I think with streaming, too, as a music listener, there's just a much more vast and wide exposure where I feel like the music I listened to pre-streaming was a lot more funneled in a certain genre and in certain styles because it was safe. Like, you know, if you were going to buy an album in that genre, there's at least a decent chance you'd like it. Where now I literally pay nothing to listen to a full album. I pay a fragment of the finances. And so I'm able to listen to such a wider breadth of music because everything's so easily accessible that my actually fan... Like me as a fan, I've opened up to so many more styles and genres because of the lack of financial cost on my end. Should we get into our favorites list really quick? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So first off, we have favorite music video, and we'll go through, as Andrew said, some other categories. But favorite music video, Andrew, what's yours? Yeah, so I'm going to go with, I had another more serious option, but I'm actually going to go with the more fun option. It's, to me, the most fun and weird music video of the last decade. It's the video for the song High by Sir Sly. came out in 2017. It's just such a weird video. It's trippy. It's a little bit, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's so weird. It's really fun. Visually, it's kind of awesome. And I just love it so much. The song itself is excellent. And the music video matches, if not exceeds, the level of the actual song that it's supporting, which is crazy because it's, it was like my favorite song of 2017. So... I just I think it's such a cool song. I think it's such a cool video for that song. And yeah, I just love it so much. So Nate, what's your favorite music video of the decade? So my favorite music video is Wilder Love by John Mark McMillan, which is from 2016 and it's actually shot 
from like an iPhone point of view. So it's a straight up music video that's watched best like on an iPhone, which is really interesting. And it's just so um, hip, I guess you could say. Like the 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 mood and the vibe is so. It's kind of got that 80s thing we were talking about, and it's very artistic, and it's just a really artful and well-done video, and the song is incredible, too, which is what draws me in. Next, we have favorite soundtrack. What's your favorite soundtrack, Andrew? So my answer to this question is always Inception by Hans Zimmer. That came out in 2012. It's my answer no matter the decade, but luckily it came out this decade, so it's the correct answer for me this decade. But yeah, it's my favorite soundtrack of all time. As I love it so much. It's a great standalone movie soundtrack. A lot of soundtracks that I love are within trilogies or series, but this is just a great standalone one. It really launched so many different ways that that soundtracks are made, how trailers are created, and so many other things. It's beautiful. It's haunting. It's just it's incredible. I love it so much. So, Nate, what's your favorite soundtrack of the decade? Mine's going to be far less epic. But I'm going with uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox's soundtrack, which is this very, like, cutesy and um, playful soundtrack. I just find it it adds such a, like I said, like, cute and, like, fun component to the movie. And uh, it's mainly done by Alexander Desplat, and it's from 2010. And that's one of my favorite movies ever, regardless of, like, animated or non-animated. It's... This incredible movie, and I just love the soundtrack. It's so cute and fun to listen to. So, Nate, what's your favorite song, but from an album that you didn't really like? Okay, so that was actually an easy one, and it was Not Done With You Yet by The Classic Crime. So I did not like their album, How To Be Human. It's from 2017, but Not Done With You Yet is one of my favorite Classic Crime songs. It might be my favorite, and... I would say, like, instrumentally, it doesn't maybe reach the heights of some other classic crime songs. Like, it's not quite as diverse. It's, like, just a very, like, straightforward build. But lyrically and thematically, I just think it's their most powerful song for me. And it's just an incredible track on a very underwhelming album. All right, Andrew, what are your thoughts on your favorite song on an album that was not your favorite? Yeah, so I've thought about this a few times, and we've even talked about this a little bit. So it's the song Bones from the band Young Guns, and it's from their album Bones, which came out in 2012. It's just, it's a jam. It's a total jam. It's a great song. It was released as a single. I loved it so much. I was so excited for the album. The album came out. I bought the album with my own hard-earned money, and I realized I don't like any of the other songs. It's not a good album, but I really like that song a whole lot. So I'm really glad that they're streaming music now so I don't have to spend my money on albums that aren't good, but that song's totally a jam. All right, so Andrew... Next, favorite EP. What's your favorite EP of the decade? So this was actually pretty easy for me. This EP came out in 2010. Zombie EP. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew that's it. it. Yep. So it's pretty obvious, but this is my favorite EP probably of all time. It's so good. It's Zombie EP by Devil Wears Prada. It's one of my favorite metal albums of all time, even though it's just an EP. It's a concept album all about zombies. It's just so good. Like I I just every element is so good. The the melodies, the the hooks, the just total in your face just everything. It's so good. It's so harsh, so aggressive and I love it so much. So Nate, what's your favorite EP of the decade? Mine is ch- I'm cheating and I readily admit that. But it's the Wonderland EPs by John Foreman, which is a group of four EPs. So I'm like hardcore cheating. But one of my least favorite things about many EPs, which is why I as well love Zombie EP, is that they're usually or oftentimes they're just the leftover tracks that weren't good enough to make your album. And it's like, hey, let's just throw these out to keep our listeners like busy while we're working on our next album. And to me, most of the time, it's like that's completely worthless. An EP should be just as well thought out and cared for and really thought through. 
It should really be intentionally made, I, I would argue. And the zombie EP, obviously extremely thematic and intentional. But so are these Wonderland EPs, which are four EPs based off of all the four seasons of the year. And they're just incredibly done. John Foreman, very great songwriter, very interesting and unique voice. And for instance, Inheritance, which is one of the songs, Tori and I danced to that at our wedding, just powerful EPs. So, yes, sir. So, Nate, what's your favorite album artwork of the last decade? So, album artwork is difficult to describe, but so I'm just going to let you know and you can look at it yourself. But I chose Helplessness Blues by the band Fleet Foxes. Again, album artwork is so closely tied with the quality of the album, and this Fleet Foxes album is incredible. The artwork is so interesting. It's basically like a collage. It's not a collage, but there's just so many different things drawn into the singular picture and there's this beautiful mountain range at the bottom and there's a circle in the middle and there's a cyclical nature to it and it's just really an interesting album cover that i find so fascinating and would want like on my wall or like as a piece of artwork there i found a cool phone background of it which i'll post at some point but yeah just great album artwork andrew what are your thoughts favorite album artwork of 2010s so yeah i'm gonna go with favorite here because there's probably better album covers maybe by like from indian lakes or circus survive or tame impala or just whoever you really like their album artwork kind of style and and look but i'm gonna go with the album vitals by mute math that came out in 2015 i just think it's such a cool cover it's really bright really vibrant really colorful it fits the album so well I can't picture the album without the artwork. I can't listen to the album without thinking of the artwork. They're just so closely tied together. And I think it's just a really great representation of what you're going to listen to. That if you look at the cover, you kind of have a feel for what the album already is going to sound like. So I just think it's a great album artwork and I really love it personally. Awesome. So Andrew, what's your favorite album title from the decade? Yeah, so I'm once again going with favorite, just one that stands out to me. There's so many great album titles from the decade. We already talked about Phoenix by Page of the Lion. That's a great one. But I'm going to go with one that I've just always loved. I always have a soft spot for. So it's the album called... So it's the album Illuminatio by Chiodos from 2010. I just... That name, Illuminatio, it's... It's punny more than anything. It's just, it's unique. It's cool. It actually fits the sound of the album too. The album's very epic and dark and, and haunting. And, and I think that works really well with it. And I don't know. I just really like it. It's really cool. So what's your favorite album title of the decade? Uh, I chose Phoenix by Pedro the Lion. And we talked a lot about it on our last top 10 episode. So I'm not going to talk about it at all. Go listen to it. It's a great album title, and listen to the album as well. So, Nate, you kind of teased this next one on our 2019 episode that you didn't want to tell us what your favorite concert of 2019 was because it's your same favorite concert of the decade. So, if I'm correct, this will be both your favorite concert of the decade and your favorite concert of 2019. Yes, that is correct. So, I had originally thought that this concert happened in 2018, but when I checked to look at the ticket, it was actually 2019. Tori and I went to Columbus Theater in Providence, Rhode Island, to see Andy Schaff, who's one of my favorite songwriters. And he basically played every song from The Party, which is one of my favorite albums ever, which, again, yes, I will talk about later. But so we go in this theater, and it's like this like medium-sized theater. And I'm like, oh, this is like a nice venue size. But you, we went up to this almost like upper room, like last supper type place. <laughs> and there was like a tiny part of the theater, which is in this upper room area that could fit like 200 people maybe. And it was very wide, not that far back, maybe like 10 rows back and like very wide. And he was playing with Haley Hendricks and who was, she was great. And it was just this like very, intimate show that happened kind of far away which means it was a fun like place to travel to and andy just did magnificently and he's such a great 
Guy to See Live, where his album's so incredible. And I know this might be the one chance I have to see like that album in full live. And so it was awesome. What about you, Andrew? What was your favorite concert? Yeah, so we had actually done our top three favorite concerts of all time on our Valley Heart podcast, and I'm going to stick with my favorite from there. It's Under Oath's concert from their Rebirth tour. It was in 2016, and I actually got to go to that concert with Nate, which was cool. Uh, We saw them in Philly, which is awesome because Nate lives in Boston, but he actually drove to Philly, and we were able to, to see that show together. It was just an incredible show. So Caspian opened. Caspian crushed it. They were so good. And Under Oath had just gotten back together. This was obviously, that's why it's called Rebirth. This was them kind of coming back together. I had never seen Under Oath with Aaron Gillespie. And so I was so excited. I was able to see them with Aaron Gillespie. It was such a great show. It was super loud. And my ears were ringing for days. But even for how loud the venue was itself, we were kind of up in a balcony area. And you could hear the crowd so much that sometimes it actually drowned out Spencer's voice a bit, which is crazy. I've never seen a crowd more into a show, whether they were moshing or just screaming at the top of their lungs. It was so loud and so amazing. And Under Oath played the just most incredible show. It was amazing. So, yeah, it's my favorite concert of all time. So, Andrew, what are your favorite lyrics of the decade? So this, again, this is so hard, but I'm going to go with the song Over Again by Mike Shinoda. It's on the album Post Traumatic, which came out in 2018. So a little backstory. Mike Shinoda is the guitarist slash rapper slash piano player slash basically so many things for Linkin Park. And obviously with the passing of Chester Bennington, that was a huge shakeup for the band. And Mike Shinoda wrote an album called Post Traumatic. It's such a great album, mostly tackling what he had to go through after the passing of Chester Bennington. And the song Over Again is probably the most honest depiction I've ever heard someone write of what it's like to have a friend commit suicide and then also that how that affects you especially when that's your livelihood when there's so many things attached your friendship and everything there the one lyric in over again is sometimes you don't say goodbye once you say goodbye over and over and over again and it's just like It's the most sad song. It really is. It's so sad. I think I basically tear up every single time I've heard that song. I can't listen to it that often because I don't want to keep tearing up. But it's so just honest and heartfelt. And you like understand exactly the emotions that he's going through exactly when he's going through them. So it's really, really just such a good such a good song so yeah check that out nate what are your favorite lyrics of the decade so i chose the song uh lower still by my epic it's from 2010 on their album yet and it was wicked cool we saw speaking of concerts we've been to together andrew and i were at the my epic show in in lancaster this year and Kevin actually, our friend Kevin from Valley Heart, sang the guest vocals in Lower Still, which was sick and a dream come true for him, which is cool for us to watch. But I'm not even going to read any of the lyrics. I just recommend you listen to the song and read the lyrics yourself. And it's just like really powerful and really humbling and thought provoking and just an incredible song. So I'll leave it at that. So, Nate, what's your favorite song of the decade? Um, so this was really difficult, as you can imagine. And by as you can imagine, I mean, you you had to figure it out yourself anyways. So you can't imagine. I chose from 2018 the song Have You Stopped to Notice by S. Carey. It's such a beautiful song. And it comes after like a really sad song 
and I won't get into the context. You can listen to our podcast on us, Carrie, on this record, actually, 100 Acres. Um, it's the very first podcast we recorded. And, like, very few songs am I, like, just absolutely awestruck every time I listen to it. And this is one of those. Just, like, how did he write this beautiful of a song? And I just feel that every single time I listen. Andrew, what was your favorite song of the decade? So favorite's a strong word. I'm going to cheat a little bit and maybe not go with my actual favorite, but the one that's probably still reflected as my iTunes top song of the decade because I listened to it so much when it came out. So I'm going to go with the song Feed the Machine by (laughs) Red from the album Until We Have Faces that came out in 2011. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I'm kind of cheating because I just want to share the story about this. So when this song came out, Red was just coming off of their best CD, Innocence and Instinct. They were my favorite band of that time. This song, Feed the Machine, came out, and it was so good. It was, at least in my opinion at that time, it was as good if not better than anything on Innocence and Instinct. So I really felt like they were only getting better at that point. And I listened to this so much. I love this song so much. I was so excited for the CD. I was so excited that I told one of my best friends, I told them that I was more excited for this CD to come out than it was for my own wedding day. And then the CD came out, and it was a bit of a letdown. It wasn't a great album. And uh, four years after the CD came out, I ended up marrying that same friend, that's my wife Amy, (laughs) that I had told that I was more excited for this album than my wedding day, and I hear about it pretty often that that I told her to her face uh, without knowing at all that she would be my future wife that uh that i was more excited for this album than than our wedding day so um yeah and unfortunately the album again it was kind of a huge letdown and and your wife was is not the letdown that <laughs> no, the album, she was right, not good, the disappointment good. at all not at all uh but the album definitely was so i just felt like i kind of had to share this story at some point i'm very happy you shared that <laughs> yeah i've been sitting on this one for a little bit and i kind of felt like this was the right moment to uh to share it but like seriously nate like your song is so much better than mine (laughs) like i seriously i'll listen to your song 10 times out of 10 over over mine but oh well i i just wanted to share that story all right our last category is favorite artists of the decade andrew who's your favorite artist of the decade so it has to go to from indian lakes i was trying not to but i really couldn't not give it to from indian lakes they've released multiple albums this decade and every album has been incredible like one of the best if not the best album of each year that it's released and they're just so consistent and so good and when I think about the 2010s and the music that I was into during this time I feel like I'm always going to look back at these from Indian Lakes records and just go that was that was a decade for me each album was incredible and so unique so diverse but like Every album, again, so good. I'm just going to keep repeating myself if I keep talking. So, Nate, what's your favorite artist of the decade? As you can imagine, it's from Indian Lakes. It's it's our boy, Joey. And as you mentioned, every album, fantastic, from Able Bodies to Absent Sounds to Everything Feels Better Now to Dimly Lit. Like, what can, what can you say? Like, each album is, like, extremely high quality, and there's bands that... Re- so, like, for instance, my favorite album of the decade isn't from Permanent Lakes. Surprise, surprise. And I'm... We'll get to that later. But the fact of the matter is, is that, like, each album Joey's released is worthy of that top 10 spot for me. And so it's just, like, with this point in his career, like, what else can he do? Like, what else is left to be done? And, I mean, I'm sure he'll go off and release another incredible album in the in the next decade. But I don't know. Like, he's do- he's just done it, and he continues to do it. And I'm just so thankful for all the music he's given us. So those are some of our favorites from the decade. Make sure you tweet and Instagram us with your favorites from the decade. And don't go anywhere. Next up is our top 10 albums of the decade. All 
right, let's jump into our top 10 albums of the decade. There were no Creed albums released this decade, so unfortunately none of them made our list, which is super sad, but we had to push through. And so we did find 10 albums for the decade that we just think are the best. Now, one thing that we did is we did limit ourselves to picking one album per band. So some of these bands might have multiple albums that deserve a top 10 spot, but we're going to pick our favorite from that band. And then the other ones that didn't make that list will be honorable mentions. It's so hard to only have 10 albums for the decade. That's only one per year. And as you music lovers will note, there are so many more than just one good albums a year. So it's really hard to make this list. So we decided to limit ourselves a little bit. That way we could include more bands and more diverse albums. So that's our honorable mention. There's also some bands that did not make our top 10 that maybe surprised us and might surprise listeners of our podcast as well. So we're going to start with that list. Nate, what are some bands that didn't make your list that might be a little bit surprising? Yeah, so I'll go in alphabetical order. The first is the artist Ben Howard. And over the decade, he released Every Kingdom, I Forget Where We Were, and also some other album that I really did not like, and I honestly forget the name of it. But Every Kingdom and I Forget Where We Were are are such classics and sad that they didn't make the list. Also, Bonnie Vare, he released Self-Titled, 22 A Million, and again, a disappointing album for me, kind of. And just, I thought that I Come I was really good, but just like nowhere near his heights on self-titled or 22 a million, but he is so close to then uh, fleet foxes who released helplessness blues and crack up. Those are two incredible albums. I love fleet foxes and they're supposed to release an album early in 2020. So who knows? Maybe we'll record a podcast on that. Then fourth, Josh Garrels, he released Love and War and the Sea in Between, and then also Home. Both are two incredible records. Actually, I'm noticing a pattern here. He also released an album this year called Crystalline, which I said I really didn't like, which I talked about on our 2019 podcast of songs we loved on albums we didn't. Uh, And then lastly, again, Switchfoot. So they released Vice Versus and Fading West at the beginning of the decade, which were incredible albums. And then they went on to release their two worst albums, potentially, of their career in my mind. And so a lot of bands that released incredible records that kind of just didn't end quite strong enough for me. But again, these are incredible albums. And I know, sorry, I'm going to just say one last thing. All it takes is one album to make your decade list. So all these top albums I mentioned are in that, like, basically... 11 to 25 range of albums for me. Hey, Andrew, what about you? What are some bands and artists that you weren't able to put in? Yeah, so surprisingly, I didn't have 21 Pilots. I didn't have Silent Planet. I didn't have Circus Survive. I didn't have Amberlynn. I didn't have Manchester Orchestra. That was a really hard one. Probably the hardest one to not have on my list. I didn't put S. Carey on my list. And honestly, for me, the only only reason that I didn't is just that for me that's like one album and the rest of the bands just had multiple albums that were all incredible so I kind of just gave them the bump because of that and so it was really hard not having S. Carey on my list really hard not having Manchester Orchestra on my list there's so many albums that I'm really upset I couldn't put on the list but unfortunately 10 albums is just not enough But I'm still really excited to share my top 10 albums of the decade. I do want to echo that basically all the bands you mentioned are like right up there for me as well. Like Amberlynn, Silent Planet, Tournament Pilots. I know I'm kind of giving some stuff away, but like I I very much support these bands that you're mentioning. Thank you so much. And let's get started. Nate, what is your 10th favorite album of the decade? So number 10 on my list is A Black Mile to the Surface by Manchester Orchestra. So just to get briefly into Manchester Orchestra's history, they've always been a heavier alternative band. And 
Cope, which was their loudest album released in 2014, I believe, was followed up by Black Mile to the Surface. And A Black Mile to the Surface is this incredible combination of their most dynamic, heavy, jarring moments with also this very smooth and beautiful and melodic bend to it. And it has some of my favorite Manchester songs like The Gold. Every song title is The Blank besides Lead South Dakota. And it's just great song after great song. And this is one of those albums that from front to back really flows very well. And I think one of the coolest flows between tracks is if you just listen to the the alien then to the sunshine and then the grocery they all just fit so well together especially the transition between the sunshine and the grocery the first time i heard that i was just blown away and just like i literally started laughing because of how sick it was and i was by myself looking crazy like the joker but like it was awesome. And then I do want to make an honorable mention that their record, Cope, which was the record before this, is basically right below this album for me in quality. And it's just right there and just good enough. I would say it's deserving of a top 10 spot, basically, as well. And extremely powerful, extremely dynamic, very aggressive, like very, very aggressive, and yet still catchy and still just really thought-provoking lyrics and i think if i'd give you one song to listen to that record to introduce you to it it would be every stone so yes okay andrew what was your number 10 so my number 10 is the album ghosts upon the earth by the band gunger that was released in 2011 that album is just so good i've gone back to it so many times it is based off of C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce, which is more so about the afterlife and just kind of what happens to us after we die. It's so cool, though. All the different imagery that they're able to pull from that book, the different songs, anywhere ranging from creation to death and and everywhere in between. It's so good. Musically, it has so much dynamics and, and variety, and it's it's a full-on concept album, and they nail the concept. It's just some really intricate parts, some parts that you're literally just going to be blown away listening to going, I've never heard something like that. It's so good. It's my favorite Gunger album, and yeah, I just I love it so much. So Nate, what's your ninth favorite album of the decade? So for number nine, I have Exora by Copeland. We talked a bit about Copeland in our Copeland episode, obviously, and Exora is my favorite Copeland album. And this is just, I know I've already talked about it, so I'm going to keep it brief. This is such a beautiful love record that's, uh, it just, there's so many cool dynamics and it's so soft and yet so strong at the same time. Uh, one of my favorite songs of all time, which is the closing tracks, In Her Arms You Will Never Starve, is on here. And there's not enough good stuff I can say about this album. It's definitely a really great, like, if you're having a slow-paced day, like staring out the window or on a long drive type of album that you really need to sit with and let soak in and have many, many listens by it. There's just some definite immediate beauty there as well, and I can't recommend this record highly enough. Also, I same with A Black Mile, but great album artwork on this. I love such a beautiful album cover. I would say I would have an honorable mention for You Are My Sunshine, but it just missed it, released in 2009. And so for me, blushing wasn't quite up to snuff to make an honorable mention for me. Andrew, what's your number nine? So my number nine is not so dissimilar from your chill vibes of Copeland. It is the album Challenger by Memphis Mayfire, released in 2012. This is a metal album, but they do such a good job on the album. It doesn't feel like it's straight metal. In fact, I feel like a lot of bands copied some of their takes on this type of metal, which is just just really like every chorus is sung and most bridges and there's longer instrumentals and there's just so much on this album lyrically, instrumentally, 
vocally, just all the different aspects of this album are great. It's, to me, definitely Memphis Mayfire's best album. Their honorable mention that goes along with it is The Hollow that was released in 2011. So it was literally back-to-back years that they released incredible albums. But Challenger, to me, is their best album. And ever since, they've been trying to be a band, and they've definitely been going downhill ever since. But Challenger best album uh one of my top two favorite metal albums of all time and my other one is actually going to be next the other metal album that i love which is also surprising that i have two different metal albums on this list considering i don't listen to metal as much but just the impression it made on me and just just that genre in general uh both albums deserve my top 10 so nate what's your number eight so for number eight, I have 2018's Skylight by Pine Grove. Pine Grove, as Andrew knows very well, is one of my favorite bands. Cannot wait for Marigold to come out January 17th of 2020. But Skylight is my favorite record of theirs. They really only have two albums, and they also have their initial albums called Everything So Far, but it's more of a compilation. Their two albums are Cardinal and Skylight. And Cardinal actually is an audible mention for me. It's like just as good. It's just a different type of record where Cardinal is much more, I would say, dynamic and aggressive. And Skylight's a little prettier, a little softer, and a little slower. But there's just so many bangers on this still, despite being that slower pace, from Angelina to Easy Enough to Darkness. And then it just has these sweet love songs like Light On and Skylight. And it's just an incredible album. It definitely verified for me that Pine Grove is one of my favorite bands of all time, despite only having two records out at the moment. And it's just incredible what they're able to do on this album. And they recorded it and mixed it all on their own, which is cool as well. And yeah. So Andrew, what is your number eight? So my number eight is the album Children of Fire by the band O Sleeper that was released in 2011. This is maybe the best metal album of all time. It is so aggressive and in your face and like unapologetically harsh But at the same time, there's beautiful moments. Shane Blay's singing voice is amazing on it. And it's a full concept album. It basically takes the concept that their last album, which is kind of an honorable mention as well, although I'm pretty sure it's out of the decade, Son of the Morning, it takes that concept and it builds on it. And it's just a great concept to build around. I'll let you figure out what the concept is itself because I kind of feel like a little bit of it's a spoiler. You need to experience that yourself. But it's such a good concept, and all the lyrics are some of the best lyrics, if not the best lyrics that any metal band has ever had. It's so poetic and so intense and just just so, so good. I have way too many things I could point out about this album and i'll just keep rambling but yes it is so good so that is my favorite metal album of all time and i will give you a hint not a hint i will spoil it's not on my list but it's it was very close and i mean point out a flaw in that album like some somebody somebody point out a single flaw on that album it's just unreal and i think it was the height for me like you and i both went through this extreme metal phase and there's not much better than this record for people who love that genre so nate what's your number seven so at seven i have everybody works by jay sum which was released in 2017 this album there's certain albums that kind of open up new genres for you and this one definitely got me into that bedroom pop scene and like she's just so experimental on this album and the production is incredible she records and and mixes i believe everything herself in literally in her bedroom and i mean talk about taking you for a ride despite having a consistent overall sound it's really incredible what she's able to do on this album there's 
one of my favorite things in music is incredible instrumentals and there's plenty of songs on this album that break out into extremely beautiful instrumentals and honestly like this is one of those albums where it's like it's just so hard to place on a list like this it could have been three spots higher like it could have been like there's we're just picking at i don't i don't even know like it's just so hard to put these in a good order but it's just an incredible album and i'd highly recommend it her newest album, Inico, just isn't quite there, even though I think it's incredible. And so I don't have it as an honorable mention, but I would recommend you still listen to it. So, Andrew, what's your seven? So my number seven is the album Only the Lonely by Colony House that was released in 2017. That album is just so good. It's actually really splitting hairs here between that and the honorable mention of When I Was Younger from 2014. That's their debut album. And they're just, both albums are great. I think I like their second album, Only the Lonely, slightly more just because it feels slightly more unique to me that they really push themselves. There's some really unique style and sound on Only the Lonely they're just they're so talented each musician is like too talented to the point that like i'm just like upset at how good they are kind of at certain points i just i i love this album so much the album artwork's even pretty cool i just like the overall look feel vibe of the entire album and they're just they're one of the best bands right now they have a new CD coming out in 2020 here that'll be I'm just really looking forward to that and so yeah uh, it just there's some pressure because both first albums the first two albums were excellent so hopefully they can keep it up and release a third straight excellent album all right Nate what's your number six I almost had their music video for you and I as my top music video of the decade. I love that music video. If you, if any of you haven't seen that, you should go watch it. But we'll see. I think I have high expectations for this new record, which I believe is coming out on January 24th. So people keep your ears peeled and be ready because we'll probably post. I, I probably bet good money we'll post a podcast on that album next year. Next, we have my number six. And it's 100 Acres by S. Carey. So 100 Acres was, at least last year, Andrew and my favorite album of the year. But if you want a consistent album of just amazing song after amazing song after amazing song from start to back, you want to listen to this album. And I also just, I really love the lyrical concepts on this album. It really deals with love and loss and it has a and beauty and finding beauty in the midst of pain and just some really intense and very uh large topics on such a beautiful and mainly acoustic led album and it's just incredible i can't say enough good things about this album so andrew what's your number six so my number six is the album Dive Deep by Andrew Bell that was released in 2017. Now this does come with the honorable mention of Black Bear, which was released in 2013. I know that that's Nate's favorite album by Andrew Bell, so I'm kind of helping him out by giving uh, that shout out as well. Honestly, both of the albums, it's kind of a coin toss a little bit. I just, I think I prefer Dive Deep a little bit more. I think the production, it's just very consistent production. It's very clean. It sounds, it just, the whole album feels slightly more cohesive to me. I think there's songs on Black Bear that are better than most, if not all the songs on Dive Deep. But I think as a straight up, just full album consistently, I like Dive Deep just a little bit more. But either way, Andrew Bell is one of the best and most underrated artists. He just makes some incredibly good music. He is so talented. He's excellent live. It's just, I can't say enough good things about him. He is so, so, so talented. And so far, he hasn't released any music that's bad. And he does this cool thing that he releases a CD, and then he'll release what he calls Hushed EPs, which are basically the same songs 
or some of the same songs, and they're kind of pulled back and arranged differently, and it just shows that the songs at their core are so strong. So I love what he's doing, and definitely check him out. So, Nate, what is your number five? So at number five, I have the 2016 record Blanco by David Bazan. So Andrew and I have recorded a podcast on Page of the Lions Phoenix. It also was on both of our top 10 albums of 2019 lists. And Blanco is really, I'm, I told you guys in the podcast where we talked about the page of the line record at the beginning of the year, like I'm late to the Bazan train for sure. And as I say that I realize Andrew's even later. So, but we're both really late to the train. And this was the record that just really got me into him as a songwriter. And it stuck with me. It's really hard to make a statement like this, but this is probably one of, if not the most unique albums on my list and what i mean by that is i feel like with most of the other albums i can find albums that sound somewhat similar but of a lesser quality and i don't know many albums if any that sound like this because the way he uses his synths and the way he uses his drum beats and his vocals on top of them, which are very weathered. And on these types of synth albums, like you usually have like very polished vocals and he combines this like smoother sound with just like not a harshness, but a a deepness. And that's kind of how I would describe the record. It's dark at times and deep. This is definitely just like a dense record, both vocally and instrumentally. And they're so lyrically, I think it's one of the best albums of the decade. He tackles fatherhood, like being a musician, faith, doubt, growing up. Like he tackles all these different things and such a beautiful record. It's actually, these songs were curated from a list where he was releasing two songs a month for a year. And he picked 10 of his the songs he felt like would fit best for this record, Blanco. Then he picked another 10 for a record after this called Care. And though I like Care, I feel like Blanco is far superior. And just, I can't recommend this album highly enough. And I've said that probably about every album so far. And also, I love the album artwork on this, just like, again, with basically every other album. Andrew, what's your number five? So my number five, and some people might think that I'm picking the wrong decade for this band, but this is my favorite album from this band. It is the album Living Things by the band Linkin Park. Uh, That album came out in 2012. I love that album so much. They obviously started out, came really hard onto the scene with kind of rock slash rap with Hybrid Theory and Meteora. Then Minutes to Midnight, they kind of changed that. And then the album before they released Living Things is the album A Thousand Suns. That is a really great album where they get more experimental, more synth-heavy, and just some really cool percussive stuff. But I feel like they were able to really nail everything when they got to the album Living Things. That's my favorite Linkin Park album. A lot of people had either just like typecast them by this point and just weren't paying attention to the fact that they created such an incredible album lyrically, musically. It's just everything is so, so good. And again, not not many people were paying attention when they released this album comparatively and just thought that Linkin Park was just this angry kind of emo rock band but they really really improved by that point and i love this album again my favorite lincoln park album so nate what's your fourth favorite album of the decade so my number four is what i would probably say is if if i was trying to be objective and again like this is kind of a pointless conversation because i understand yes music is subjective but if i was trying to be objective I would say this is probably easily the best album on my list, like from an objective stance. And like, again, I know it's stupid I'm saying this, but like if I had to give like a hard press score 
this would receive the highest, despite it not being necessarily quite my favorite of the list. I mean, it's very close. And it's Carrion Lowell by Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan, though he had folk and acoustic stuff before on his state records, and the album before this, Age of Oz, was crazy and all over the place. And honestly, for me, when I first heard it, like very overwhelming outside of like feudal devices. And this album was not the album I was expecting it to be. And this album just so beautifully deals with Sufjan both processing and venting or talking about the death of his mom and the impact it had on him, as well as reflecting on his life with his mom and her as a mom and his stepdad. So his mom's name's Carrie, his, his stepdad's name is Lowell. Again, not a single bad song. What's most impressive to me is how minimalist this album is and how complex it is. Like, I don't know if I can, like, explain that well, but most of it is just acoustic guitar and what he's able to do on the acoustic to invoke, combined with his, obviously, his vocal melodies, but, like, to invoke such unique sounds, but also such immense beauty and fullness. Like, the fullness and the sparsity is, like, unparalleled for me. Yeah, I find myself at a loss for words. Okay, um, and <laughs> what's your number four? So my number four is the album To Be Everywhere Is To Be Nowhere by Thrice that came out in 2016. So this was Thrice's first album since coming back from hiatus. They had stopped making music a few years prior to that. And they left at, to me, one of the peaks of them as a band. They had done so much in their whole whole career as a band, and it was so sad that they were done. And then they finally came back together, and they made one of, if not their best albums to date. It's so good. It just it starts right away with Hurricane, just like a great start to the whole album. And the album is just so layered. It's so great musically. Dustin Kendrew is and will always be my favorite lyricist. I just love what he's able to do writing lyrics and it's just it's honestly like a perfect album it's so good every song's great their newest album palms is also really good that's a nice honorable mention as well but to be everywhere is to be nowhere is the album that's definitely better between the two in my personal opinion so nate what's your number three so my number three is everything feels better now by from Indian lakes which was released in 2016 i would say Lyrically, this album is the one I probably relate to the most of all the albums on my list. I would say instrumentally, From Indian Lakes, as anybody who listens to us consistently, or even maybe multiple times, like if you've listened to one other podcast, I probably mentioned, no matter which one it was, that From Indian Lakes is my favorite artist. Like, this was such a cool change of pace for them and a cool stylistic change from absent sounds which was incredible in its own right and it took me a long time to get used to this album i did not like it when it first came out because joey like went against my expectations when i expected him to do one thing he did another and it was just really hard to read and then you realize it's like well, that's why he's making the music and not me, because obviously he's making much better stylistic choices than I would. I just grew to love this album from front to back. It has incredible songs. And I would say this album, of all the albums I have listed, this might be one of those where it's like, I highly recommend front to back listening. Like, don't just pick out singles. Like, listen to this album as a whole and absorb it because it has a singular like atmosphere to it i wanted to say vibe but i tried to stay away from the word it has this very specific atmosphere to it that 
it's just really cool and th- threaded throughout the album and it's just so good so andrew what's your third album so my third album is the album milo zeloto by coldplay that was released in 2011 this cd had probably some of the hardest time overcoming the cd that came before it so the cd that came before it viva la vida is my personal favorite coldplay album and so when milo zeloto came out i think a lot of fans who also love viva la vida were maybe taken back it was a change of direction it's much more poppy and electronic than they had been before and just a whole different take on what coldplay was really happy really i don't know just super positive and fun and it took a lot of fans a long time to really enjoy this album some fans still don't I love this album. It has grown to be one of, if not my favorite, Coldplay albums. I still think Viva La Vida is my favorite, but it's not by much. And I love this album so much. There's so many good songs, and the hooks get stuck in your head forever and ever, and it's just it's a great album front to back. So, Nate, what's your second favorite album of the decade? Before I share my number two, Milo Zoloto is my favorite Coldplay album. Yeah. I would say I will say. Yeah, it's Amy's yeah. favorite too. Well, Amy has a better taste of music than you do. So <laughs> true. All right. My number two is The Party by Andy Schaff, which was released in 2016. From front to back, just like incredible song after incredible song. This might be again, like if you had to rate every song by itself, the most consistent album of all the albums I have on my list and just consistently great. It has this, I don't, it's really hard to describe it from a genre standpoint, but it's more of an old school, slow singer songwriter, orchestral um, vibe to it. It's very unique on my list. And uh, he, he does such cool storytelling. So on the party, he has all these different characters and basically talks about this party that's going on and describes the party from different perspectives. And it's so intimate because of that. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. This was my favorite concert of the decade. I mentioned earlier on the podcast. And then I also mentioned that his new album is going to be coming out on the 24th of January, which is the same day as Caspian and Colony House. So that's going to be... January is going to be crazy next year, Andrew. It's going to be unreal. There's too many good albums coming out in January. But All right, what's your number two, Andrew? So my number two is the album The Second Law by Muse. That came out in 2012. Muse is one of my favorite bands. I've seen them live a few times. It was actually during the Second Law's tour that I saw them the first time, and I've seen them every time they've come to Philly since. They are just so good this is either my favorite or second favorite album that they've done but either way it's definitely their best album of this decade it is a superb album there's a great mixture of rock and not very poppy but occasional pop and some symphonic stuff some funk there's just like a bit of everything on this album it's basically if you like Queen, but you want Queen to be a little bit more fuzzy and dirty, that's basically Muse for you. And it's just, it's such a great album. And there's way too much incredible stuff on the album to talk about all the way through. But it's a great album, and I love it so much. So, Nate, what is your favorite album of the decade? Whole lot of pressure. Okay, so I've already told Andrew that this is my favorite album of all time. And to be honest, I'm just going to say this about the decade real quick before I get into the album. For me, there are albums from the 2000s, 2000 to 2009, that are up there with my list of albums from 2010 to 2019. But the majority of my favorite records are from this decade, and there's much less from that earlier period. And the reason why, and we talked about this earlier in the podcast about like how music's changed. I really do think of a lot a lot of it comes down to exposure. I'm just exposed to so much more music now that I listen to way more albums than I used to. And there's just more to choose from. Where back then you had your 
I don't know, like 20 favorite artists, and you would just spend time waiting on them to release their new album by listening to their old album. And that's just what you did. You didn't really branch out as much as you're able to do now just because their stuff was harder to access. So anyways, this is my favorite album of all time. It's Peripheral Vision by Turnover. It's one of those albums you think might be a phase album where it's like you like it for six months or a year. But then for me, it's just like I I just keep going back to it every year. And it's basically this incredibly cool combination of like punk influence with like more alternative and brighter i wouldn't even i wouldn't say poppy but just like more melodic basically riffs and it has this incredible cool combination of heavy and smooth and not heavy i guess you get it's not like intensely heavy but just like it just basically merges that punk with that more smooth alternative and more catchy, brighter choruses. It merges them so beautifully together. It's basically a breakup album, I guess you could say. And I actually got into this album as my wife and I, we were dating at the time, got back together after breaking up for a short period. We broke up once in our relationship and it's kind of i'm gonna sound like such an asshole but like it's kind of not cool but it's like i really like listening to a breakup record when you get back together i don't know how to phrase this like i think the reason why it sticks with me is because like i know that this could have been my story and i felt this way for a period of time like i felt this way for six months and had to wrestle with all these things but then when you've had the hope on the other side it, you're able to listen to it with less fear and less remorse and less regret and more able to like reflect on the past knowing things turn out all right and i think that's kind of why i still love it so much is because it is a a dark album that you know for yourself personally for me ended up okay i highly recommend every song on this album i will say it is very consistent the drum beats are extremely simple and it's not extremely dynamic though it definitely does have dynamics it's more that plateauing sound so for those expecting to hear like this is nate's favorite album ever it's gonna be this like incredible like a black mile to the surface. It's going to be extremely epic, extremely all over the place. This is actually extremely straightforward and just catchy and beautiful. So I just want to get expectations uh, clear for those listening. And I do want to say Turnover's album, Good Nature, would be an honorable mention. It's definitely a brighter and happier version of Peripheral Vision and definitely different sound-wise, but it's more positive and it's an incredible album. I forgot to mention my From Indian Lakes honorable mentions. Able Bodies from 2011, Absent Sounds from 2014, Dimly Lit from 2019. All three of those are honorable mentions for me. Literally every single From Indian Lakes album was worthy of my top 10 spot. But um, as we're talking about the best, I just had to go back to Fermanian Lakes. But anyways, Andrew, what's your number one? Well, yeah, if we're speaking of the best, let's freaking do it. It's Everything Feels Better Now by Fermanian Lakes from 2016. That is the album that's also the most neck and neck with my honorable mentions, which are both dimly lit and absent sounds. I had to put both. But if I was going to say between the two, I really feel like dimly lit has has the stuff to actually overtake this as my top spot that between absent sounds because I've already had so much more time to sit with that one and know exactly what it is and I still chose everything feels better now that means dimly lit I still like I've listened to it so many times don't get me wrong but I think I need almost like another year or two to actually know if it's better than everything feels better now so until I have that time I think that's what's separating everything feels better now at this point, which is why it's my number one. And so thank you for that segue. You knew it was coming, even though we hadn't talked through these lists before, just because if I left from Indian Lakes out, that would be weird after saying that they were the best band of the decade. And then to not have any of their albums in would be stupid. 
so yeah uh, I don't know that I have much else to add that you haven't already or that we didn't cover in our From Indian Lakes Dimly Lit podcast or the Dimly Lit Part 2 podcast, which will be coming out soon. So just check out that album. All From Indian Lakes albums are incredible. And like Nate said, they're they're all honorable mentions because they're all incredible. Similar to what I said with like muse is their worst album is definitely better than than other bands probably on both of our lists that were like yeah it's probably like like i would take dimly lit over most of the other albums here too that's why we gave the caveat of one album per band so nate and i didn't just put four from indian lakes albums on or multiple like yeah copeland or or what have you that that have multiple albums that are so good well, yeah, that's it. That's our top 10 albums of the decade. As you can tell, our hardest list, at least I'm going to say to date, I don't know how you could possibly have a harder list to put together just because you're talking 10 years of incredible albums. So many so many great bands that, that don't get enough praise, but so many great bands and so many great albums that could be on our list. So, Please let us know your top 10 lists of the decade as well. We'd love to look through that and see see what albums maybe we missed or maybe we were wrong on for not having in our top 10. So definitely reach out to us with your top 10. I would like to say two things. One is I do think a harder list to make would be uh, like funny things Andrew said on the podcast simply just because there's not enough like material. Yeah, that's true. What if it was like a top one? Uh, Do we have enough for that yet? I don't know. I have to go back. I have to go back and listen to all the episodes. And then my second thing is, I just want to encourage everybody: tune in ten years from now for our decade list of of the 2020s. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll see you all there, and um, it's gonna be fun. So yeah, just tune in then. Podcasts are definitely gonna be a thing ten years from now, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for checking out the episode, and yeah, let us know your thoughts on all of our stuff, the stuff that we got right, stuff we got wrong, and check out all of our other episodes on Long Distance Listening. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Happy birthday, Jesus.